right, what's up, everybody? Give me one sec. Let me get this together. All right. <clears throat> All right, everybody, what's up? This is episode 110. Oh, man, I thought I was going to kick me out for a sec. All right, guys, we're on episode 110 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company, Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, this episode, <clears throat> what we do with Goals and Updates is what we do is we go through the updates. We go through two different topics, and then we go through Dunn Deal Investments, LLC. Now, I thought I don't, someone was trying to come in the room, but <laughs> I didn't know what they were trying to do because they're just they're hovering. It's kind of annoying me. But anyways, so what we do is we go through updates in my life. The reason I do the updates is so that you can see that I'm trying to do, um, you know, I'm trying to change things in my own life as well as uh, some of these topics. I'm trying to implement them into my own life as well. So that's why I try to do the updates. So you can see that um, I am human. I am trying to, you know, I'm not perfect. Right. And I'm trying to basically uh, create kind of like an ultimate me. Right. So that's why I kind of try to go through these topics and I do a little bit of research on my own. And that's why I come across these topics. And <clears throat> so that's why I do the updates in the beginning. So that way you can see basically what's going on in my life and that I'm trying to really implement some of the stuff that I'm talking about. Now, after we do the updates, I'm going to go into two topics. The first one's going to be uh, gratitude. The second topic's going to be if you don't win, you're a loser. Right. And then we're going to talk about Dundee Investments LLC. So I'm going to start with the updates real quick. I have actually a lot of updates because I, I wasn't here. I don't think I did one. I did one on Monday. I don't think I did one Wednesday. Um, and then I, I'm pretty sure I skipped it. But anyways, so I have a bunch of them. The first one is Gainesville. So this week, or I guess uh, yesterday, and I left Saturday and Sunday, I, I came back from St. Augustine. Now this weekend, I'm going to go to Gainesville. So I had Gainesville kind of planned before I was going to go to St. Augustine. St. Augustine kind of happened, and that was for uh, my cousin's christening. He got baptized, so we went down to St. Augustine for that. It was kind of unexpected, but this, uh, this trip I had planned for, I think, over a month and a half, maybe two months, and I planned it with my one friend uh, who actually is a Gator, right? She goes to UF or the college UF, and so I, um, and I wanted to – I've always kind of wanted to go to like a really good college football game, even though I'm not, you know, a crazy sports fan or anything like that. I always just wanted just for the, you know, the heck of it, or just to say I did it um, and go to a, a not a I've been to professional football games, but an actual great college team. Um, Cause down here, FAU is, is all right. Uh, I live in Coral Springs, by the way, if anyone doesn't really know that you should, if you're on Facebook, it kind of tells you, but I, um, I don't really have access to like, heavy hitter teams and the Gators is actually a, a, obviously a really good team. And I had the opportunity cause my friend kind of came up to me and said, Hey, and we were, been, we've been trying to do this for like, I think a whole year. She's been trying to get me to, you know, plan this out, go up there, go to a, a Gators game and then, you know, do whatever that, you know, whatever else is around Gainesville. I've never been to Gainesville. So I, I don't, I don't really know what else is around there besides that, besides that college. But um, we've been trying to plan it and it finally came together. And so I'm going to go next week and we're going to go to the, the Gators game on Saturday. And then she's going to, you know, I want to see the college. I've never seen UF before. And obviously it's a really well-known college. I just want to go and, and look at the campus because it always fascinates me, the college campuses, even though I'm not a big 
you know, I'm not a big supporter of college, but I, um, I, it's still, it's still kind of like the history and everything kind of gets me with the colleges and how, you know, how long the college has been in business and the history behind it and, and different things that happened that, you know, networking and stuff like that. So it still intrigues me to go to these campuses and, and check them out. But that's a, that's a big one that's coming up. So I can update you guys definitely next week. I'm going to try, I mean, I'm going to try to bring my podcast equipment and uh, it's going to lead us into the other topic where I'm going to try to get my friend Eric, because what I'm going to do is I got to take some personal days. So I'm going to be up there for at least five, uh, you know, at least good five solid days. I'm going to be away on vacation. I'm going to leave Friday. Excuse me. Give me one sec. <clears throat> that was going to have to burp. Excuse me. But anyways, <laughs> but anyways, I, um, I'm going to be leaving Friday morning going up to Gainesville. It's about, I think a four and a half hour drive from Coral Springs. And then from there, I'm going to end up coming back down, but I'm going to go about an hour back, you know, coming back towards Coral Springs and stop at Orlando. Um, and you know, most people probably, you know, most people that know me know that I, I kind of go to Orlando a lot. So it's kind of like my, I think that's my, my next destination. And at least in my lifetime, right. It's probably Orlando. I just, I go down there a lot. I, I really like it down there or up there, I should say, not down there, but up there. And it just, it's just a place that I think uh, is probably like the next, the next move throughout my life. But, um, I normally stop there cause my one, my really, one of my best friends, I should really say is, uh, you know, he lives up there now. So I normally stop up there. I kind of camp out with him, you know, at his place. And then, uh, I get to catch up with him cause I don't see him at all. And, uh, I, I used to see him all the time, so I don't see him anymore really. But I, obviously I call him and catch up once in a while, but it's always nice just for him to come down here once in a while. I go up there once in a while. And I figured since I'm going to be there for five or six days, I might as well, you know, it's just an hour drive from Gainesville to Orlando. I might as well just kind of take two days out of that five day trip and stop by and, and chill with him and then leave uh, Wednesday. So it's, and I want to get him on the show. Uh, last time I went up there, he was going to do the show. And he kind of waited to last minute and I kind of had to hit the road and I couldn't, I couldn't really get him on the show as a co-host. And that'd be kind of interesting to get him on this show and, and do um, have him as a co-host and just keep on progressing and getting different people on goals and updates. So that's something that I'm going to try to pitch and I'm going to try to bring my, well, I'm not going to try, I am going to bring my equipment, but I'm going to try to keep the, the shows going Monday and Wednesday and Monday, I could probably, if, you know, if Ashma's up to it, I could probably get Ashma on here and really knock two birds out, um, two birds with one stone out, right? Or two, two birds out with one stone. I kind of got that a little twisted, but that's, and that's what I'm going to try to aim for. I'm, it, you know, she, last time I tried to get her on the show, she wasn't really comfortable getting on the show yet. She wasn't, she wasn't a hundred percent there. So I, um, I didn't want to obviously put her on the show because she wasn't really ready, Right. So hopefully when I go up there, maybe, you know, maybe uh, I could get her, you know, maybe convince her to come on the show and maybe just do like an hour. You know, she doesn't have to do like two hours. Like sometimes I come on here and do a two hour, two, last time I think I did three, but I do, you know, long, I do tend to do longer podcasts when I have co-hosts on here, just because they're obviously it's going to be more conversational. It's not just me up here talking and it, you know, depending on who the person is, if they're a very talkative person, we could go back and forth for a long time. And it's really easy to lose track on here, by the way, too. It's not, it's not like I'm looking at time. I kind of, when I have a co-host on here, I just really pay attention to the co-host because obviously I'm having a conversation with someone 
and not really just myself and whoever just joins the podcast, right? So it normally tends to go longer, but um, I'm going to try to get him on the show and maybe try to get her on the show on Monday is I might just film an episode up there Monday then Wednesday before I leave Orlando, I try to get my, uh, my friend Eric on the show. So, you know, that'd be pretty interesting if I could, if I could knock that out. Now, uh, some other things I wanted to bring up was uh, also talk about St. Augustine, right? So I told you in the beginning that I went to St. Augustine um, before I was going to, you know, obviously go to Gainesville. Now, the reason I went to St. Augustine was my cousin uh, had a christening where we were going to baptize uh it's still my cousin, but it's my cousin's um, son who they're going to baptize. So we went up there because they're leaving for uh, Colorado pretty soon. And he's, he's got a, an opportunity, a job opportunity up in Colorado. So I figured, you know, I might as well you know, try to get the day off, go up there um, and go you know, go see that. So I went up to St. Augustine and, you know, it was pretty crazy. I only went up there for a day, right? I went up there Saturday I believe it was Saturday morning to about Sunday afternoon. So really I was only up there for about a day and maybe a day and a half maybe, but it's pretty interesting. I had some uh, crazy experiences when I went up there. So, um, some, you know, and, I'm, and this is where it's gonna, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, religion just because of the experience that I had. But, um, when I went to church and for some reason, when I go to different churches, I always kind of have, uh, I kind of explain it as like a, um, out of body high, right? So, uh, for most people, and it's kind of hard to explain for most people that, uh, don't, that's never had like an out of body high. It's just kind of like you, you feel on top of the world, but it, it almost feels like you have a little bit of uh, a boost of energy and it, um, it, it's kind of like unexplainable, right? Like you can't really can't explain those, uh, those out of body highs. But, uh, most of the time when you hear that, most people are talking about, uh, physically being high on drugs. For me, it was just, it was a little, um, I've had them a couple of times when I've been in different churches, but I've had it once in at the church that I go down here, um, or maybe twice, but I normally get them when I go to other churches for some reason. But the crazy part was before I went into, um, well, I'll tell you that after this, but I, um, when I went in there for people that aren't Catholic or Christian, uh, what the, what normally happens is they have three readings. The third reading is normally from, <clears throat> excuse me, the third reading is normally from a priest, and then from there, the priest does a homily, and the homily basically is trying to summarize the last or the third reading, um, which they call the, the gospel, and they try to basically summarize it and uh, make it more relatable because in the Bible, the scriptures are a little bit harder to interpret, it, um, interpret it. so the priest kind of does this homily, and he kind of like tries to relate it to, um, to like the 21st century or like the it tries to make it more realistic and more understanding to the, the population that's there, the, the community that is present at that mass. Now, what was really interesting was he started talking about uh, forgiveness, right? And he was also, before he went into that, he was really talking about, uh, you know, there's no, like, it breaks his heart basically because there's a lot of people where they, they sin, right? And they could be they're really heavy sin. Uh, the priest was basically talking about forgiveness and how most people, um, when they, they commit like a very terrible sin, they tend to not want to, um, not want to go to church because they feel like they're not worthy of being forgiven. And he's, and he was talking about how, uh, basically, uh, God basically forgives every sin. There's no, there's no sin that's too greater to be forgiven. 
um, and basically God loves all his kids, right? So he's kind of going over that. But the funny thing was um, that when he was talking about all this stuff, right, he started talking about forgiveness and how uh, we really need to, we need to start trying to forgive people that go against us. What's up, Eric? We got to start going to get, um, you got to start forgiving people that go against you and basically, basically that like really commit bad things against you, right? So if uh, someone stole from you or someone uh, betrayed you in some way, shape or form, uh, that it's kind of like, it's kind of like the morals um, of Christianity to basically try to forgive that person and and basically move on, right? And it was just weird because the, the weird part about it was uh, the, 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 I guess like three days before that, right, I was having this conversation with my mom and my sister and I've, I've been kind of getting hit uh, pretty hard because I forgave one of my ex-friends, right? I had this person that uh, did a couple things to me, right, in the past and uh, you know, I probably wasn't, I was probably wasn't too good to him either uh, towards the end. But what ended up happening was down the road, we ended up linking back up and I, we ended up kind of like cleaning the slate out, right? Fresh, clean slate. And so it was just weird because uh, it was just recently that this happened, right? And I've been getting a lot of crap for it because uh, they're like, oh, he's not going to change. Uh, you know, this isn't going to happen. You know, he's not going to change and things aren't going to happen smooth. And uh, you're stupid, right? And I was getting a lot of kickback from it, but I realized, you know, it, you know, life is too short for you to kind of hate and carry that hate and carry like, and, and pain and all that stuff. Right. And, and I just realized like, it'd be better if, if I could somehow uh, mutually both of us forgive each other, right. And move forward and maybe even like patch it and just move forward and start fresh. Right. So, and it was just funny because when the priest did that reading and he's doing his homily and everything, that's what he was talking about. Gideon is good. Uh, Christianity does not need to be. Yeah, but it does. Because <laughs> that's what it's basically about. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about, though, uh, Eric, is basically, like, I'm just giving you an experience that I had right? Because I, I go to church every Sunday, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you to become Christian or anything. I'm just trying to give you, we're on the portions of the updates in my life. So that's why I'm trying to basically give you the experience. I'm not here to basically tell you to be Christian or anything. You know, you, you do what you got to do. But um, my, what I'm trying to get at is like, it was just weird that that happened, that happened the week after, right? Um, and then it was also weird too, because I do, you know, once in a while, I do read scriptures, right? And right before I went into that mass, I was reading uh, Genesis. So at the very, very beginning, which, uh, you know, most people that aren't religious kind of know like Adam and Eve. But um, I was reading that. I went in and before he christened my cousin, that's what he was talking about, Adam and Eve. So it's kind of weird. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, I'll try to wrap it up because I know a lot of people don't, you know, some people aren't really religious and stuff, but it was just me trying to update you guys on kind of like what happened uh, when I went away for like the weekend when I went to church and stuff and kind of how uh, I hit that experience. But uh, yeah, but I, I know, I, <laughs> I know some people aren't very like, you know, religious and stuff like that. But anyways, so that was that. Um, also on that weekend, right. Was um, which was actually pretty interesting is my, uh, my uncle sells shirts. So he works for a, a pretty big corporation. I'm pretty sure he's like vice president of that company. And he sells shirts, but professionally customized shirts. And I had a conversation with him about different things, business related. And he started, uh, he kind of talked to me about um, 
he's sort of basically talking to me about uh, selling shirts and stuff like that. And he normally gives me shirts and they're normally, it's supposedly, you know, I don't know, I don't know anything about shirts or professionally like fabric, you know, the fabric shirts, but he went into his closet, gave me a shirt and he's like, here, I upgraded you to a $250 shirt uh, that we sell for like $250. So he's like, um, which I'll, I'll show you the shirt, but uh, so this is the shirt he gave me, right? It's the shirt. Try to try to get it so Instagram can see. So supposedly that's a $250 shirt. Um, I don't know anything about shirts, right? But uh, if you're interested, you know, if you're interested and you want to go look him up online, right? Try try to give him uh try to give him some coverage, right? But uh, it's individual shirts. I don't know if you can see that. Individual shirts. Instagram probably can't see that, but individualized shirts is his company. But it's just interesting. I was talking to him about shirts. And I actually like the reason I like going up there too, by the way, is uh, he'll talk to me about business. He'll confirm different things that I learn. And I just really like talking to him out of like everyone that's up there. I got to, got to fold this after the show. Kind of, kind of unfolded that, but um, it made a mess. But anyways, um, you know, I like giving, I like pitching some advice uh, or telling him some of the stuff that I've learned and having him give me his opinions just because you know, he's, he's in the sales game. He's been doing it for his whole entire life. And he's moved all over the place. He's been to like LA, he's been to Texas or Dallas, Texas, uh, um, all over the place, right? You know, you name it, he probably has either visited there or he lived there at one point in time. This uh, Japan a lot. So he's constantly, um, you know, he's, he's, the, you know, he's a real sales professional salesman. So that's why I like pitching different ideas to him and um, talking about finance with him and credit cards and different things. Like that's basically what I was talking to him at the party at, at the end. We had the, the party after the christening, but I had uh, you know, had a couple of drinks and we were just talking and I, and he gave me some pretty cool stuff, but when he got that shirt and he was just talking to me about a bunch of stuff, but that was interesting. And then the other thing that was kind of interesting about that was um, I went from, <laughs> I went from talking to my uncle to then sitting down and eating. Right. And my cousin was there now. My cousin is, uh, he's in sales too. He owns his own landscaping business, which I think he partnered up with someone, but, uh, he, um, or I, I know he partnered up with someone. I don't really know exactly what he's doing with that business, but he, um, is moving to Colorado and he's going and doing, uh, he's going more into like the weed industry. Right. Uh, so that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of interesting in its own just because that is pretty brand new, right? It's a brand new market. And you know, it's a, it's pretty obviously a successful market, right? It's, I think it's, I don't know exactly the exact net net worth of that industry. I know it's in the billions, but, um, you know, he's going to go over there and, and, and start working for a different, uh, I guess, a company that does that. But anyways, he, he kind of like told me, he's like, yeah, they're going to put me in this role. And he's like, uh, you know, I might, you know, I might be able to, uh, you know, if you're interested, he's like, I might be able to get you up there and you could start working and doing other things. And he didn't go into great detail about what I'd have to do, but I'm assuming it's probably gonna be more of like the business side of it where it'd be like marketing or, um, sales or something like that, or, you know, meeting people and trying to sell them products and stuff. Or I could, I could see myself doing that. And that's what I would assume that he's probably going to try to get me into is try to expand the business Right. And he's going to, and he said, he need, he's like, I need, I need people to manage the business. So 
that's when I kind of think that he was referring to. Uh, he said he'd have to, you know, call me obviously and give me details and he's going to work on that. But, you know, just interesting. Uh, and just like a job opportunity, right? Like you always keep your, keep your opportunities open. And it's just, it's just interesting how a lot of people just try to throw me jobs once in a while. Like I, it's just, it's kind of funny. Like I've been into like phone, phone companies before, or just like AT&T and like, Hey, you want a job? Right. Or I go, I go over here and they're just like, Hey, you want a job? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> I don't need the job, right? But it's just good to know that I could easily, if God forbid something happened, I could easily probably, you know, get a job. It's not, it, it wouldn't be really hard for me to go get a job. Now, you know, a good job might be a little bit of a challenge, but um, it's just interesting. And and I always like to say, like, you got to keep your keep your uh, keep the opportunities open, right? You never say no to anything, but you never really rush into saying yes, because uh, most of the time people rush into saying yes because they get excited, and then they kind of they're kind of stuck. Um, but you never say no because, you know, you might need that opportunity. So just something that's interesting. That's another update. Uh, trying to think. All right, I got, uh, I think I got one, you know, one or two more things to update you guys on and then we'll move on. But the point, um, the point being is that, uh, not the point being, I don't know why I went into that, but Bailey Hall, right? So I don't know if most people know what Bailey Hall is, but this is kind of interesting because I had a conversation about, I think like two or three weeks ago with uh, my one friend, Jonathan, right? And he really likes, uh, he plays a lot of like old school, um, like violin and piano and stuff like that, or cl- I guess it's classical piano and, and uh, strings, right? So, and it kind of always did intrigue me. Like when I was in college, I had to do a music appreciation class and they, they kind of, they would do they would actually have these plays that would come into the classroom and you had to like write notes on it. And then um, I actually like videotaped a couple of different performances before, but uh, it always kind of interested me or interested me in like piano, right? Like the strings were kind of like, the strings are obviously pretty cool to watch and like listen to, but I liked the piano a lot. And I always kind of wanted to learn how to do uh, piano just because the piano I always thought was kind of the coolest. Uh, you could basically learn like any song and basically the piano would be uh, basically be able to do it and it just always seemed like it would be a cool it'd kind of be like a cool instrument to learn just for the fact that you know I I feel like most women would actually appreciate that so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a uh trying to know the the term it's kind of like a, a you're kind of like a woman magnet I guess right if you could learn the pianos so or the piano remember when I said pianos right? Piano. But, um, but to get into that, I I basically got this booklet. I don't think I have the booklet on me right now, but, uh, it's Bailey Hall. Actually, it's right here. (laughs) Bailey Hall, right? So, uh, if you're in the Coral Springs area, you could even go here if you want. Now I'm not going to go through the whole entire thing here, but just know I'm pretty sure you can go on the Bailey Hall website as I used to actually work for Broward College. So I used to actually put some of these, uh, some of these uh, uh, calendar items on the physical Broward College main website uh, schedule or a calendar. So that's why I kind of know about this. But I guess when I went there and I put my email in there, they, they, uh, they send you the, the brochure for all the upcoming events. And you could basically go and like pre-order or pre-pay uh, for some of this stuff. But um, it's kind of funny because, like I said, like two or three weeks ago, I was telling him, I was like, we were talking about going to an, a, a, like just a regular classical performance. And he was like, you know, it'd be really interesting to actually go and see physical professionals play. 
And he's like, but most people don't like classical music. They don't, they don't like the, the old school style stuff. So he's like, I can't really find anyone. I was like, you know what? I, I'd go, right? I, I, you know, get out of my comfort zone. That's why I, I do a lot of this stuff, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not completely into it, but at the same time, like it's, it is interesting, right? To get out of your comfort zone, go try different things, go listen to different things. You never know who you're going to meet there. And that's actually why I, I told him like, you know, let's do it. I physically told him that too, like exactly what I told you. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm into it, but I'm obviously not on a level where I'm like, oh, I want to learn all that stuff or I want to go every other week. Right. I just, you know, I think it'd just be interesting to go and listen to um, a performance or a play. Right. With the piano and, and the, the strings and just go see professionals, like real professionals. Like some of these people are like real worldwide, uh, worldwide known professionals that go and play at, at Bailey Hall. So I pitched it to him. Uh, I'm going to go probably tomorrow and we'll see what happens. But, um, that, you know, that'd be kind of interesting to go to Bailey Hall and go watch some strings play. And it'd just be interesting. Now, that's one update because I'm probably going to end up doing that with him. So that's kind of why I brought that in. Bailey Hall and getting out of your comfort zone, right? That, that's definitely getting out of my comfort zone if I go to that. The, let's see. Um, all right, this is probably going to be the last update. Um, but we'll do the last update, right? So this one, uh, actually I'll do two more just because, you know, why not? But all right, so I'm reading this book right now, all right? So this one is called Unbroken, right? Now, Sterling that normally joins these podcasts, I don't know if he joined on Instagram or not. He normally joins, but, uh, he gave me this book. He, he read it. I think he read it in like a week. I don't know how long it took him, but. It's pretty. It's a pretty big book, right? It's pretty lengthy. I think it's almost about like 400 pages. I read pretty slow. Um, I just recently started to read a lot, and uh, I, I have been slacking a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I have read a couple of good business books, and that's what kind of convinced me. Once I started reading some business books, and I started reading different things I was kind of intrigued on, and things that actually gave me uh, good information, I was like, damn, I gotta start reading because I, I know that's what a lot of people mess up on is they don't read. And that's where you get a lot of your information from. And I'm really into history. I'm really into business. And that's, you know, those are like probably the most important things to really read up on. Finances, money, right? So um, he gave me this book, right, Unbroken. Show it again. People can see it. It's really good. Um, I read like 40 pages of it, right? I read about like 40 pages of it. And it, it really is good. Um, right now it's just basically about this, uh, this runner called Louie. And he's just basically running. Um, I haven't really gotten to anything that's crazy. Like, uh, it's obviously about World War II, and they'll talk about different things about, like, uh, the history of, like, Hitler and different things that are going on, I guess, as uh, my big my big guess, because I don't know really what's going to happen within this book, obviously. I'm only, four, like I said, 40 pages deep into it, um, is the guy, Louis, who became, like, one of the most well-known uh, runners in history, is probably going to get drafted into World War II, uh, war and he's gonna probably have to it's probably gonna be like his experience about the war it's the that's the best thing i can really think is gonna happen because i don't understand why they'd be talking about uh the guy louie who is a world world record breaking uh runner so that's the only thing i can really think of and back then they had the draft so that's what i'm thinking is gonna happen but anyways i'll update you guys on that too once i start getting more into that book and um right now it's really good it's one of you know there's a lot of good reviews on this book too which i noticed so um, Unbroken is what that book's called. The last one I want to update you guys on is, uh, um, 
work, you know, work day, right? So what I, that's what I wrote down on my notes. But what I was going to talk about with this one was, um, you know, I requested this one kind of with my, with my job. <clears throat> and the reason I'm going to tell you about this, not because like, you know, I, I really, really think it's amazing to talk about, but the reason I, I kind of want to bring this up is to show you that, you know, you know, I, I kind of, emotions happen, right? So basically, you know, uh, I requested, you know, three weeks ago, I tried to request that I have a shift swap and I'm tech, I was going to basically work tomorrow, get Saturday off. And this is because I was going to Gainesville and I asked three weeks in advance and I reach out and I wrote, I think last Friday about it. And she, my manager, right. I try to, sometimes I try to talk like I'm talking to myself, but you're not going to understand who that is. But my manager, right, basically wrote back to me today and she's like, hey, your slide got approved, but your swap isn't going to get approved. And I'm just like, you know, that's kind of crazy. I wanted to do this three weeks ago and now you're telling me I can't after you told me to request it around this time, this time frame, right? Like you can't approve anything because it's too far in advance. You want me to do it now and now you're not going to approve it. Uh, you know, luckily I had personal time, which I kind of have to get rid of. Anyways, so I kind of used a personal day to get off that Saturday, but um, I basically I basically wrote her back and I was like, well, I'm not going to be here Saturday, so you basically have to figure this out because I'm like, I'm not coming in Saturday. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, some people might say that's ballsy, but, you know, I, there's, there's a point in time where you got to put your foot down on stuff and you got to have to say, you know, what's on your mind sometimes. And, I, you know, a lot of people kind of shy away from that. And that's kind of what I was going to talk about was, uh, I was, you know, I was kind of pissed throughout the whole, you know, the whole entire, not the whole entire day, maybe like a quarter of the day when she told me that just because I'm like, you know, it's, it's, you told me to do this, then I do it. And then you kind of just deny me. And, you know, I'm not really surprised with the company I work for right now. I'm not really surprised that that happened, but at the same time, it kind of does piss you off. Cause if you're someone like me, that's working hard every single day at this job. And, uh, even when everyone else around you kind of quit, like, you know, they work there. They didn't physically quit. They work there. But a lot of people around you kind of quit. They don't really give 110%. And you're really trying to exceed and you're trying to push forward. And then all these other people are kind of like, you know, like, screw you kind of thing. You know, kind of does, it, it affects you after a while. You're like, you know, like, why would I, you know, why do I want to give 110% for now on? Um, but you keep going. But my point that I brought this up was because I was really pissed. Uh, you kind of wanted to obviously do other things and I'm like, you know what? It's not, it's not really worth it. I got the personal day off. I'm actually off tomorrow now. Right. So I kind of tried to flip it, um, which I've been kind of getting good at. I've been kind of trying to flip negativity into positivity and just look at things differently. So whenever I get pissed, I'm like, okay, what are the positives of this outcome? Right. And that, the reason I'm telling you that is to kind of show you that I'm actually, that was actually a topic I talked about a long time ago about flipping things upside down, right? Fli uh, flipping negative um, negativity upside down to positivity. And that's kind of what I've been doing a lot. So yeah, I was probably pissed for, like I said, a quarter of the day when I was working. And then I was like, you know what? It's not worth getting mad over. It's not worth uh, kind of being pissed at, at life or, the, or this job. It, you kind of under, understand like it's going to happen. And at the same time, you know, you kind of, you kind of, well, at least I told myself, I'm like, you know, you're going to have off tomorrow, so you could just relax. I, I, and I actually kind of needed tomorrow off anyways, because 
I have a bunch of things I have to kind of get done. I have to call a bunch of different places, I'm trying to get um, car insurance quotes. I'm trying to get um, – there's a house over by my friend that I really want to call that might be a good investment with Dundee Investments. So I wanted to call the real estate agent, and those people I think they probably don't work after 6, and I, I get off at 6.30. By the time I get home at 7, uh, it's kind of probably hard to call those people. So I could call that person tomorrow. I also got a, I, I got a, um, I refinanced one of my personal loans, right? So I think I talked about that last episode where I got a lower interest rate because my credit score went up. And so I'm trying to pay off a loan with Wells Fargo and then go with a different company and, and basically pay them a lower interest rate over a long period of time. Excuse me. And, uh, and then, uh, in a shorter amount of time too, by the way, I think the loan that I had with Wells Fargo was like four years. This one's three getting it um, a lower price. So I have a little bit of money or a little bit more of a cushion if I needed a little bit more cash for something else for an emergency. And uh, at the same time, you know, if I just keep on doing the same amount that I was doing, I'll pay it off a little bit faster. So that's kind of the goal. And I'm not getting hit hard with high interest rates. So I'm, I'm actually like 10% lower than what I was in the other one. So the only downside is I had to pay probably, a, you know, a little bit more um, to get the loan. But it is, you know, it is what it is. You got to sacrifice something to get, you know, the reward in the end. So, um, over, you know, and Wells Fargo is kind of killing me a little bit on that interest. So I, um, refinanced that I was trying to think of where I was going with this, but I refinanced that. So that's good. But I was just thinking to myself, you know, I got to call that bank. I got to call this person. I call different people. And I kind of, I kind of need a day, a weekday. So most people are off on the weekends in the, in, you know, America at least. Um, and so I kind of need that day. So I kind of did that where I'm like, you know what? I, I could use the day off tomorrow and work on, on my business. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lose that Saturday. Um, and it's not going to really affect It's not going to really affect me. I'm going to get a paid, basically a paid uh, vacation basically from it or a paid personal day. So I kind of flipped it upside down and I kind of just kept going and kind of held my tongue. But, um, you know, kind of just, it kind of keeps on putting in my mind. I'm like, I really got to start looking for another job. I got to get out of here. Cause, uh, you know, th this company is not, you know, I can't see myself in this company and that's a problem, right? Uh, most people, I think, um, when they do that, where they can't see themselves in the company anymore, they just, they just, they go, Oh, okay. Like I'm just going to stay here. But, uh, to me, it's just different. All these different things keep popping up in there. And it's kind of just kind of showing me that, you know, you got to probably get out of here and go down a different path. Like it's not what you thought it was going to be. It's not, it's not really helping you, um, to an extent, you know, it's not, it's not, there's no progression. There's no nothing really here for you. So you got to try to get up and find a different place to go. And even though it sucks, right. Even though it sucks, like I wish I could kind of stay at this company a little bit longer because I plan to stay with this company, you know, at least for three, three or four years or two or to three years, I would say, but you know, I've only worked there six months and I'm like, yeah, it's really not for me. Right. So, you know, sometimes uh, it doesn't work out, right? Sometimes you're like, all right, I got to go down a different path. And that's why I kind of tell you guys some of that stuff, or at least, you know, I'm telling you that now. Um, I, you know, the ideal thing would definitely be working for Apple, uh, you know, and, and you never know. I mean, I'm getting these different opportunities that are presenting itself for other jobs, which might be um, a blessing or it could be a, a curse. You know, I mean, you, you don't really know. So, you know, it's kind of a struggle. I'm trying to figure a bunch of different things out, but you know, that's, it's life, right? So you got to figure things out as you go. Now, those are my updates, right? So it's kind of a lot of stuff that I was trying to go over a lot of different updates, a lot of different things coming up and, and trying to move forward within my life. So 
you know, and, and I, and I like to see a lot of updates on that. I know you, you know, you, the viewer might not because I talk a lot about myself, but, um, you know, it's good to see there's a lot of updates and a lot of different changes going on because that means I'm actually progressing. I'm moving forward in my life and I, and I'm and trying to, you know, I'm doing good. So that's, that's why I like to see the, the updates filled. Right. But anyways, we're going to go to these next two topics. So the first topic is going to be, if you don't, I'm sorry, gratitude. <laughs> I try to jump to the second topic, but gratitude. So I, uh, I was watching this video. I think I actually wrote this one down today. I was watching this, um, this video and I can't, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were kind of talk. Oh, I think it was, uh, Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan and Gavis McGinnins or something. I always forget his last name. I think it's McGinnins, but, uh, they were talking about, you know, a bunch of different things. Gavin's, uh, you know, far right conservative. Joe Rogan's more of a, uh, Joe Rogan's more of like a, uh, he's more of a libertarian, right? He kind of, tends to kind of agree with amendments, but he kind of tends to go to the left on a couple of different issues. So he kind of considers himself more to maybe a little bit more to the left than he probably does to the right. But anyways, uh, so it's kind of interesting because it was like two complete, kind of like two, they're not really complete opposites, but they kind of don't agree on a, a lot of, they actually do agree on a lot of stuff, but they kind of don't agree on, on a lot of other stuff. So it's kind of interesting to watch them go, but they were talking a lot about gratitude and how people aren't really, um, people aren't really like grateful and they kind of talked a little bit about uh, religion and that, and they're kind of basically, or at least, uh, you know, Joe Rogan's not really like Joe Rogan's religious. I think he said he's Catholic, but he doesn't kind of doesn't really believe too much in the religion as maybe like an average Christian would or an average Catholic. But uh, Gavin's point was that most religious people, that's what they practice, right? Most religious people kind of practice the gratitude. And in order, um, I guess in order basically to be religious, that's what they kind of teach you within that is, is, uh, you know, you got to appreciate things. You got to be, you got to be appreciative of that you're alive. You got to be appreciative that maybe you have a car, you have a little bit of money in the bank. Uh, you might not have a lot of money, right? But at least you got something and at least you can live, right? You have food on the table. And that's what he's kind of talking about with religion. So when they're talking about that, I was kind of like, That'd be a really interesting topic to really talk about on this show on goals and updates because that's kind of something that um, I do a lot, which I, I sometimes don't realize that I'm doing, right? Like I have a lot of gratitude uh, within my, my personality and that was just built up over time where uh, different, and I'm going to give you some examples of myself where I'm very, you know, very grateful for, but, um, but before I do that, I'm basically, I'm basically very, gra you know, I have a lot of gratitude within myself. I'm very grateful, I should probably say, probably a better term is uh, very grateful for a lot of things that have happened to me within my life, right? Um, have a lot of downs, or a lot, and some of the downs are really bad, but I figured out gratitude throughout those very terrible situations or terrible times, and that's kind of something that, as for me at least, has been very overwhelming at certain times. Um, so I got you know better at faith, and so I got better at uh, trying to figure out who I am right? Figure out who this person in front of you is uh, through gratitude. And I kind of wish I had the definition of gratitude, but I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure gratitude is kind of self-explanatory where it's just, you're just very appreciative about anything in your life, right? You could take any small thing and really be grateful for it. Um, or you could have something massive and even, you know, and be more uh, 
I don't know if that's really a thing, but you could be, I guess, more accepting to being more gratitude, you know, grateful for that bigger item or bigger thing within your life. But um, I'm going to try to give you some examples in my life of things that I did that I personally uh, was just realized that I was really grateful for. Uh, you know, the obvious is obviously breathing, right? And you probably hear about that a lot where um, I hear it a lot of my work that kind of tend to do it. And I think it's normally membership. And the re I think the reason they're doing that is because, um, you know, they're probably getting, all they're probably taking a lot of calls, which probably don't go that well or, uh, you know, angry people because they're, they're making these cold calls and they're trying to get people to renew their memberships and um, they're taking different customer service uh, calls. But they, I normally hear them all the time. They go, hey, how, like, how are you? And they're like, great, you know, I'm alive. I'm breathing. It's a good day today, right? And I hear a lot of them say that over there in membership. And, I, and to me, you know, they, 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 obviously they probably are. But I think they do that and, you know, reinforce to themselves like, hey, you know, it's a good day. I'm breathing. I'm living. Let's go, let's go and make some money, right? That's all, that's all I hear them say over there. Let's go make some money, right? So they're trying to hype, hype themselves up before they make the sales calls. Now, some examples in my life that I can give you would be uh, – I'm trying to think of, like, some really good ones I can give you. I, you know, you know, I could probably say gratitude would be, uh, at first I wasn't, but when I flipped my car, it's probably like the best one I could probably give you is, uh, the car situation where I flipped my car, I uh, got out and at first I, you know, I kind of, cause so many, you know, it was such a traumatic, uh, incident that happened. I didn't, I didn't really, I think grasp reality at first. And I, I was kind of like, you know, okay, you know, it's whatever. I'll get a new car. Right. Um, actually I didn't even say that. I think I actually was, uh, oh no, like how am I going to get a new car? And I was more focused on the car. I was like, oh man, I'm like, I definitely totaled this vehicle. I'm leasing it. You know, what's going to happen? Um, like, am I going to have to owe all this money to the, the, the leasing company or what? But I was more concerned about the car than I was about myself. And over, you know, once I went to the hospital, different things happened. I was like, you know, people kept telling me like, you should be grateful that you're alive. Like, I don't even know how you're, you're even talking and you're in one, you know, one piece. Um, I don't even know how you're really alive. And I, I didn't realize it until I went to the hospital and they started checking me out and I started hearing it a lot where they're like, damn, they're like I showed them the pictures of the car and they were like, damn, I don't even know how you're, uh, you're, you're like physically 100% okay. And I was like, you know, then I started thinking about it and I was like, then I started kind of really being grateful, um, for, you know, being alive, basically, like, oh, man, like, I really could have died, right? But obviously, you know, obviously, it's it's pretty traumatic thing. You, you kind of really don't think about that, obviously, but um, so it kind of, it did, it, it kind of did change my life, right? It did reinforce gratitude, because uh, then, then I'm like, you know, it, it wasn't really my time to probably go. That's probably why, it, you know, nothing really happened to me, and, and that was because, uh, you know, a higher power is basically looking over me and, and God himself was probably saying, you know, it's probably not, it's probably not your time. Right. So, you know, take it for what it is. It's kind of what I believe in, but I, um, that was probably, you know, I, I was really grateful for just being alive, right. That I, you know, I, nothing really happened to me. Um, unfortunately something did happen to the other person. But, uh, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I probably would have heard it if something traumatic happened to him, like he passed away or something. But um, 
you know, they, they wouldn't even tell me the ambulance people or uh, the paramedics, ambulance people, paramedics wouldn't tell me because of the privacy acts we have. And they wouldn't tell me if he was going to be okay or if anything was wrong or, or whatnot. Right. So I couldn't really get any updates. And by law, you know, I can't go out, you know, I can't really ask them if they're, if they're okay. Um, especially when all that stuff was going on. So, you know, I don't really know, you know, what happened with that other individual, but, uh, speaking going forward, you know, I was really grateful just to be alive. And that was like the first time I really kind of stepped back and, and I was like, wow, you know, I could have easily went the other way. Easily, easily could have went the other way. I uh, definitely dodged a bullet on that one. And I was just, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's what really strengthened my faith. I, you know, I, I honestly believe at least it really strengthened my faith. Cause I'm like, you know, I, yeah, I could have died. Right. So then I started thinking about, you know, life and death and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I started going to church a lot more. That's actually probably why I started actually donating more of my time to the church. And I actually started going to church more because I realized, you know, I'm not going to, you're not going to live forever. It, it only takes, you know, one incident to happen and it's game over. You don't get, you don't get any, you don't get another redo after you die. Right. So that's kind of something that's pretty crazy that happened in my life. Uh, the next best example I can really give you, and I, they're going to be like, they're, they're going to be intense situations that I'm telling you about, but it's just because those are the, I think it's, it's got to be like a really dramatic moment for you to really understand gratitude. Um, cause if you're just, if you're cruising through life and you're just doing your normal day activities, you know, sometimes you're not, you don't tend to be that grateful. You kind of take things for, uh, take things for advantage, right? You kind of tend to, you know, just kind of go through your everyday life and you're just kind of like, Oh, you know, you don't really see things. You don't point things out. You don't, you don't realize what's kind of really going on. But the, the next one I can really give you another example of gratitude that I felt was my, um, I ended up going to Orlando and I get a call from, uh, I get a call from my mom saying that, you know, one of my best friends is in the hospital. And I, and I grew up with this, this person for a long time. I actually really wanted to come on the show and really, uh, and really kind of give you his, his story. But, um, you know, I got a call from my mom saying, you know, one of my, my lifetime friends was basically in the hospital and, uh, you know, she's telling me something with his heart and I, you know, I was in the car, I'm driving up. I just got to Orlando and she called me and I was dropping one of my, you know, my ex-girlfriend's brother off cause he wanted to drive up with us and drop him off as I'm getting this call. And I'm just thinking to myself and she's like, we're all in the, the waiting room, like we're waiting and all this stuff. And I'm, you know, I kind of felt bad. I'm like, I'm up here and I, it's not like I can turn back around and go home. Um, I just got there and, and I'm like, there's really nothing I can do. It's not like I can go over there and, you know, put my hand on his forehead and everything's better. Right. I, I can't, you know, I can't really do anything. So it's kind of just like a wait. I had to just get updates. I had to wait, but came, came back. Um, but I, I also got a, actually I got a terrifying update where, um, my mom calls and she's like, Hey, you know, uh, everything's good now, but you know, uh, they basically went to do some type of uh surgery, um, surgical procedure. And, you know, he, um, you know, I'm gonna put the person's name on here, but, uh, basically it went flatlined, right. He flatlined. And then they had to basically, uh, take the, can't think of the, um, the shock, the pads, the shock pads, right? I, I'm sure there's like a, a term, like a medical term for them, but I, I don't really know the medical term, but the shock pads where they, uh, put the little pads together and they, it's like electrical voltage and they come up and they shock your, they try to shock your heart back in place, um, and get the, and get your heartbeat going again. And she's like, they had to do that. 
and uh, all this stuff, right? And, and yeah, at the time, it didn't feel real, obviously, because I'm not physically there. I don't really know what's going on. She's kind of just calling me and updating me. And, and it, reality didn't really set in at first. And then I'm like, you know, it's really, you know, it's really serious, right? So then I end up coming back after, you know, a couple days later, I come back home. And I'm like, you know, I really got to go visit him. I didn't, I didn't see him in the hospital. You know, I don't really, you know, he's, he's probably, you know, he's fine at this point, but I'm sure he's probably in a lot of pain. He's got to, you know, recover. And, uh, and at the time, you know, he's, he was a baseball player. He still is a baseball player right now. But at the time they, they were kind of telling him like, you know, you might not be able to play uh, baseball anymore. And, and, you know, his big dream is really to be a professional baseball player. So um, they're all telling me this and I'm like, yeah, he's not probably, you know, he's probably not going to take that too, you know, too well. Um, Cause that's his dream. And then it's like, you know, you're, you're basically told from a doctor that you're not gonna be able to do your dream and it's, it's not going to be achievable. So it, like I knew it was going to be hard going there and visiting him and whatnot, but you know, I ended up going to the, the house and I see him and it just, it was, it was like a, it, it was really a crazy situation when I went there because I, you know, I sat down and I'm trying to talk to him. He could barely talk. He almost looks half dead. Right. Um, yeah, probably one of the worst, uh, probably easily one of the worst things I had to, you know, try to go there. And, um, there was points where it was really emotional for me and, and it was really hard and difficult. And, uh, I had to sit there and just tell him, you know, it's gonna be okay, man. And like, and I'm looking at him and I'm just, you know, in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm kind of saying the opposite of what is really in my mind. Cause I'm like, Dude, like he looks terrible. And in my mind, I'm like, it looks terrible. Um, I'm really hoping that uh, in the next couple of days he gets better because uh, it does it doesn't look too good, right? And but I'm telling him, I'm like, you, you know, you'll you'll do good. You're you know, I'm trying to give him some hope. I'm trying to give him, um, trying to give him basically like a little pep talk. Like you know, you'll be fine, man. You'll pull through this, right? But in my mind, you know, I'm kind of contradicting myself. And um, like I walk out, I couldn't you know couldn't bring my phone in there because they put a uh, they put a um, defibrillator in him and so like technology you couldn't have a phone or anything a uh, certain technology could set it off and shock and shock his heart so i you know i end up leaving and uh his mom walks me out and i go outside and um you know it was really it was a really it was really emotional uh thing that happened but i'm out there and we're just talking and and i'm trying to kind of trying to hold myself together almost and I'm talking to his mom and she's, you know, she starts bawling and crying and, um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to physically, you know, you know, kind of like a manly thing. I'm just kind of trying to like hold it together. But if I start crying and she starts crying, it's going to, it's a mess. And I'm trying to kind of hold everything together as I'm trying to basically talk to her. And now I'm trying to comfort his mom right? I'm trying to comfort uh, his mom. And I'm just kind of like, like two second, you know, two milliseconds away from just breaking down it was, it was really hard it was really emotional for me and i and i just you know i got on my call you know after i comforted her um you know i kind of she went inside kind of my car and i just thought to myself you know um you know i just kind of really thought to myself that i was really lucky you know it, that we were all kind of lucky right like it could have really went into a complete different you know 180 position and a lot of different things could have played out differently right so, and again, that's where I was like, you know, and then God kept getting, you know, brought up a, a lot and stuff. I ended up giving, um, I ended up giving him, so I kind of talked really loud, but I ended up giving him an exact copy of this, but I had two of them. Uh, I don't know how I got two of them. I think from a uh, confirmation, like 
two people gave me the same Bible, but when I made my confirmation, but I ended up, uh, he wanted to read some verses, you know, kind of like, kind of psyched him out. And he was kind of like, you know, he's like, I kind of want to start reading some scriptures and start, you know, kind of diving into a little bit of faith and stuff like that. So I gave him the second edition, you know, the second copy I had of that Bible, but um, it was just really traumatic, but I was just really grateful. I remember leaving my car, going home and I was just really grateful, right? Cause I'm like, I could have lost a really good friend. Right? I could have lost one of my, my best friends, my lifetime friend. And I just, uh, I just, you know, I just thought about it and I was like, you know, just very, very, very grateful that uh, it, it didn't go south, right? It could have went, it could have went really south. We all kind of, you know, everyone dodged a bullet on that one, including him, but um, it was just a really emotional one. Uh, that one's probably actually more traumatic than when I had my accident, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, realize, you know, I realized that, you know, I, it kind of, and it kind of sucked too. Cause I'm like, I'm always, I'm always on the move trying to get myself together. I'm trying to really put things together. So eventually it becomes a point where I can literally do whatever I want where, um, Oh, okay. You want to, you want to go here? I can go there. Right. And not have to say no all the time, but I understand that I have to sacrifice and I have to say no to a lot of different things in order to get to where I need to go. So, it, and I felt bad and that's what I was trying to tell her. Like, you know, I felt really terrible about myself because, um, and this is me talking to his mom. I, I was trying to tell her like, uh, and I feel really, really crappy because I'm like, you know, I haven't really been around too much. Like been kind of just moving around and trying to get myself together. And then this happened and it kind of made me realize like, you know, I, I you know, I wasn't, you know, I haven't really been paying attention to him and I haven't really, uh, you know, I haven't really been around much and, uh, just a lot of different, a lot of different emotions and feelings. Um, you know, that's what I was trying to explain to her. But, um, so that was, that was kind of a moment where uh, I had a lot of gratitude, uh, after leaving that. Right. And that was, a, that was a really traumatic situation. So, um, those are probably like the two best examples I can give you about gratitude, but, um, I'm trying to think, uh, I can give you another one. This would be the third one. I mean, I, I, I could give you a lot of stories about gratitude because I've had a lot of experiences where I just kind of lucked out or, something happened and it just, uh, it just so happened to work out and, and things went down a different course. But, um, the next one I could probably give you, and this will be the last one, we'll wrap it up and I'll go into the next topic, but would be, um, and she joins sometimes she joins a lot on Netflix, or not Netflix. I'm sorry. She joins a lot on Instagram, but what, um, she was my manager. I, I met this person. Uh, I'm not gonna put her name out here, but I, um, I met her a while before, um, and it was my first ever job and she became my manager later on I worked for a different person. She was kind of like a uh, assistant manager and later on became really good friends with her, became really good friends with, um, her brother who was the cook and just, you know, I wasn't really friends with her whole entire family at the time. It was kind of just, uh, it was, just, you know, and I, I brought a lot of the people into the circle that we have. We have this uh, pretty tight knit circle. Um, I brought a, you know, a handful of different people from my group and got them jobs there. And we all became really, a really tight circle of uh, good friends. And what ended up happening was, um, you know, uh, make a long story short, uh, that person that was my manager who I was really, you know, really good friends with at the time. And, uh, you know, I respected, you know, I respected a lot. I respected her a lot. And, you know, she, um, a couple different things happened where uh, she had a baby, um, ended up having a miscarriage, and then ended up uh, having to, um, you know, she tried again, and and um, she basically, obviously, had the kid the second time, 
um, which I actually get to see now, which is pretty awesome. But I, um, at the time I ended up saying something that was pretty stupid. I didn't realize, you know, I just kind of, sometimes I, sometimes I say things I didn't, I didn't think she was going to take it the wrong way. And I, and I, uh, I said something and she took it the wrong way. And after that, it was kind of just like, I was kind of not on her night, you know, not on a great, you know, great, the, the nice list with her. I was kind of on like the terrible list and just back, you know, I was kind of trying to maneuver around different things. I was getting attacked. I was kind of like getting attacked a lot at that job. And it got to a point where I was kind of like, screw it. End up um, going with uh, my one friend at the time. And I ended up uh, kind of doing stupid, you know, a stupid thing. And I ended up actually, uh, you know, egging this person's car. Right. And, you know, after I did it, we actually kind of got caught when we were trying to do it. But, you know, long story short, you know, probably a story for another time. But I um, ended up actually kind of, you know, I got caught and it went sideways. She found out um, and then it just stirred the pot even more, which, you know, I kind of regret doing that. Uh, you know, at the time it was, it felt like it was the right move. But obviously looking back, it probably, you know, obviously it wasn't. But it, um, you know, and, and what ended up happening was, um, we ended up not becoming, we ended up becoming, you know, we, we kind of cut the ties, right? We, uh, we didn't speak to each other ever again for, you know, a long time, maybe, maybe six or seven months. And then what ended up happening was, uh, I was really good friends with her brother. And then I ended up becoming really good friends with, um, their other brother and they have a lot, you know, a lot of family members, but ended up becoming, slowly becoming really good friends with, uh, different people within the family. And I just remember sitting down at a, uh, a bar one time it was uh my friend's birthday party and she's sitting there right is it's kind of kind of funny but, but she's sitting there and i'm sitting next to her and we're, we're drinking because we're at a bar and i just remember her you know going to me and she's like hey like i you know i just don't understand what happened between us like i thought we were really good friends right and i you know, i just kind of like remember uh you know, just kind of sitting there and kind of like, you know, being a little bit emotional and, uh, you know, trying to talk through it, you know, kind of talk, talk both of us through different things and try to figure out where we kind of went wrong and, and try to put the solution to it. And, uh, we just kind of basically opened up, you know, both of us opened up to each other and we just basically said, you know, uh, you know, I was probably wrong here. You know, we're both saying we're both wrong in different areas and, um, we kind of just squashed it and we started over again. And, you know, it's, it, it's pretty remarkable to be honest. It's pretty amazing because, um, now I go over our house every once in a while, I go to family get togethers over there and, um, hang out with everyone, the whole entire family. And it's, you know, and it's awesome. Like she, she, she called me actually, I think like three, I think three weeks or a month ago. And she was asking me for some advice on something and, um, she'll call me once in a while. And it, it's just, it, it's nice because uh, it goes back to what I was saying in the updates, right? Like the forgive and forget thing and moving forward. And um, the only time it really works is when both people really try to do it. Uh, you can't be the only one to forgive and forget. Um, well, not really. You don't really forget, right? But I like to say forgive and forget because like you're kind of putting the, the, the shit behind you on, on a back burner. Um, but obviously you don't really forget everything that happened. Right, but you you move forward and you start working on a fresh new start with that other individual. And I, um, you know, uh, it's happened more than once with me where I kind of moved on past something and I let it go. And and the most relieving, you know, it's the most relieving sense of uh, 
this relieving feeling where when you forgive someone, the feeling just basically leaves you. Like all the stress, all the um, the anger and emotions just leave, and you and you feel great about yourself because you know the other person's kind of on the same page. The other person's trying to do the same thing. They're trying to let things go and move forward and rebuild. And it's it's it, you know it's kind of hard because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people don't have the um, I don't want to say they don't have the ability because everyone has the ability to do it. I just think certain people, they hold so much anger and grief that they can't get through it and they can't let it go. And, it, and obviously, if you can't let it go, the other person can't let it go because you're, um, you're not letting all this stuff go and you're not letting new, um, you're not really letting new, new things happen or uh, new things to be able to rebuild. You're not, not establishing new connections. So it, it is kind of interesting, right? Now, like I said, I see her. All, I see her a lot. Uh, calls once in a while, and it, it's the coolest thing. And and for a while, like when we were kind of fighting, she had she had the baby, right? And by the time I made up with her, I think um I think she was three. So it was weird because I knew she, you know, she, you know, I, from all the other people that I was hanging around with in that tight circle, they're all telling me like, yeah, we saw her. Like she's this big, she's that, and it's just weird to me. And I'm like, you know, um. I'm hearing about her daughter. I'm hearing about all this stuff, but I don't see her. I don't, I don't know her. I don't have a, you know, relationship with her daughter, which was kind of, um, which, you know, it was kind of weird for me, but, um, you know, that's why it was really cool. Once we, uh, we, we basically amended everything and I got to see her daughter and it's, and it's cool to watch her be a mom because when, uh, we were going through, you know, the stuff at my, at the first job I was working at, you know, we kind of talked about that. And I always thought that she would be a good mom because of the way that she has this parenting type of, um, way that she had with all of us, she was normally the mom of the group and she would try to take care of people. And she'd be like, Hey, do you have everything? Are you good? Right. And I just knew she'd be a good mom. So it was kind of cool to go and see her daughter and everything. And, um, and, and I, you know, get to see her once in a while. So it's kind of cool. So, that's something where, uh, um, you know, and, and I don't think Eric's on her anymore, but, uh, um, I think, well, I know I've had conversations with them before, uh, with him and, and his girlfriend, but, um, you know, they're not too, I, I don't know if they're, I think they're atheists or whatnot, but I, you know, they don't really believe in the whole God thing and, um, religion and stuff like that. That's why it was kind of funny when I was going over that and he joined. And I don't know if he normally joins, but I normally don't talk about that. But it was just kind of it was kind of funny how he joined when I was talking about um, the whole religion thing, and and the and within that update. But he, um, you know, I've had conversations with them where they're not really into that stuff. So I, you know, I tried to switch it when he was on here just because uh, I tried to be respectful to him. But um, you know, there's a lot of things that point me into that direction. So it's kind of something that I, I don't hide to people, even though I, I know they're probably going to disagree with me. I don't hide my faith. Um, I, you know, I don't expect you to hide your um, beliefs and stuff like that. Why should I have to I feel like I have to hide my beliefs, you know? So I try to, I do try to push back sometimes. Um, I just know him personally and I'm not going to, you know, blast him or put him on the spot, but I, um, you know, I, I, you know, if you're going to join goals and updates, you're going to, you're going to hear God being talked about a lot because that's what I believe in. It's, it's my faith. Um, and a lot of good things have happened to Christianity. So I, um, I'm not going to hide, you know, that most important feature of myself, uh, just because certain people don't, you know, believe in God or they don't believe in Christianity or, or whatnot. But, um, but anyways, 
so that's gratitude. But I felt really, gra- I felt really gratified, or um, I felt really, um, you know, kind of lucky when uh, when I got that. And that's a cool story to talk about because I, um, real quick before we go to this next one, I remember talking to, uh, I remember talking to the person I got my first internship with. And that was a big thing that I, I put down on my resume and she would talk to me about, um, she would basically say, you know, like, hopefully you're still talking to that person because that's a great connection to have. Like most people don't have that type of connection with, uh, with their boss and whatnot. And like, that's a perfect person to put on a resume all the time and, and have around. And, uh, you know, at the time I was kind of smiling through it, but I, you know, I realized she was right, but you know, I messed up that relationship. And then, you know, now it's cool that it's rebuilt rebuilding that, that, uh, that friendship. So it, it, you know, it's kind of, it's really cool. Right. And the only thing I could really tell you is I probably wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have the Christian beliefs. Um, cause Christianity is really, uh, that's, you know, even though he doesn't believe that forgiveness comes from Christianity, that's the main thing with Christians is Christians believe that, uh, you have to forgive those that trespass against you because, we're all sinners. We all sin. We all do, you know, we all do stupid stuff. Um, no one's perfect. And so you got to forgive those people and move on. And, um, and you got to forgive yourself, which I think is really the most important part. So even though he said, uh, cause he put in the comment, uh, forgiveness is good, but Christianity does not need to be involved in it, but it, it's a big thing. It, both of them tie in pretty, pretty hard together. Uh, you know, you kind of need, you don't need both obviously, but if you have both, uh, it's not going to weaken you. It's going to probably strengthen you times 10. So, you know, that, that's what it is, but, um, that's gratitude, right? Now I'm going to go to the second topic. We're going to talk about, uh, if you don't win, you're a loser. Now, it, you know, the topic itself might be kind of harsh for some people, but, um, the reason I came up with this topic was I came across a different video. Uh, you know, most people are probably like, damn, it comes across a lot of videos. Yeah. I watch a lot of different things, but, um, this one's more of like Grant Cardone because Grant Cardone is more of like a hard hitter kind of hits you in the face with the truth. But, um, most people don't realize that if you're not winning, you're losing. Right. And I, a lot of people don't really play the game of life to win. What's up, Michael. A lot of people don't really play the game of life to win. They kind of just skate by or they, they, they kind of play it um, safe. Right. And if you're not playing to win, you're losing. So most people are actually losing in life. Um, now obviously your wins might be different than my wins and our wins might be different than the next person's wins. Uh, cause everyone's, everyone wants a different type of lifestyle. You know, I might want a different lifestyle. What's up Eileen? Uh, I might want a different lifestyle than my neighbor, right? So the wins are going to be different, but the point being is that if you're not playing to win and I'm telling you when I go to work, actually, if you go to work, you probably look at people and they're not playing to win the game of the job you know, whatever that job may be. Uh, when I go to my job, I'm the only one that's laser focused. I'm trying to hit the numbers. I'm trying to get that extra $300 in my piggy bank, every paycheck, every month. And I'm trying to hit every possible number I can hit. Um, cause that's what they want. Right. So I'm playing the game to win. I'm not playing there to just show up to work and not win. Right. And that's what most people are, aren't doing. They're not playing the game of life to win. Um, and that's why a lot of people are broke. That's why a lot of people, uh, you know, complain more about their problems than finding the solutions to the problems because they're not playing to win. They're just playing to, to play. They're just skating by. So, um, and I'll give you some examples uh, real quick. 
But, you know, you got to, like, think about that for a second. Like, I'm telling you, like, look at just – look at someone off the street next time you go to the supermarket or when you go to your job. I'm telling you, the, the best place to actually look at what I'm telling you on this one with uh, – um, if you're not playing to win, you're, you're, you're basically a loser, is, is work. If you go to work, most people don't want to be there. Most people don't, uh, don't want to do things. And I'm telling you, like, just pay attention. And just, it, it, you just probably pay attention for five minutes and you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. Um, and that's why, like, you know, I, I, you know, I tend to do, I, I feel like I do pretty good for myself, but I, um, I'm always playing the game of life to win. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be an average individual. Like that's why you see me doing the podcast. Say if I, you know, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I'd, I'd be losing right now. Right. If I didn't show up right now at seven 30, which I, you know, I probably didn't show up at seven 30. I probably showed up at seven 35 or seven 40. But, uh, you know, if I didn't show up to do the podcast, I lost today. I, I didn't win. Um, if I didn't show up to work, I lost. Right. Um, tomorrow, if I don't make those cold calls, and I don't call the real estate agent, and I don't call the loan, and I don't call other things, I lost. And if I don't show up to Toastmasters tomorrow, I lost, right? Because I let, I let other things win, and I didn't go to what my dreams and hopes and goals and um, what I want for my life to, to be, right? So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, and this actually probably goes too – like this actually probably goes pretty well with uh, people that um, – like if uh, – you know, people that say things like, oh, I'm going to go do this, and they don't do it, they lost. They weren't playing the game to win, right? Um, the best example I can give you on that is, uh, you know, I kind of did it yesterday. I kind of went and uh, told my one friend I was going to go to the gym um, yesterday night. Um, and I kind you know, I kind of I did go, but I didn't really go, right? Uh, but I kind of half-assed the, the, the workout. So it kind of was, was kind of a shame on me. But the, the point being is that, you know, that's a, that's a lesson, but, um, that's, that's a game that I'm trying to win is the gym, right? That's really the game that I'm trying to win is the gym. And, and I think it's the hardest game to play is the gym. Cause you're trying to really outdo yourself. You're trying to, um, you know, at least what I do is I look at myself in the mirror. I go, okay, I want to try to fix this. Maybe I want to lose a little bit of weight here. I want to go fix this. So I'm trying to compete with myself and it's hard because, um, at times I'm tired. I'm working a full-time job. I'm doing the pot, you know, the podcast, the goals and updates. I'm working as a uh, vice president of PR for Toastmasters and trying to do their social media and their, their PR, right. Their marketing basically. Um, and I'm trying to do done deal investments and it, yeah, it's a lot of different things, right? So it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to win at that game and it's hard, not an easy game that I'm playing, but, um, you know, and, and you should be really playing to win. It's really all I want to say, but uh, to give you some examples of my life, I'd probably go to work is obviously the, probably the number one, right? I go there and I, and I go to win um, because I know those people are not winning. They're not winners there. They're not trying to win. They're not trying to hit numbers. They're not trying to do anything. And if I can physically go, right, if I can physically go and win, I'll get the promotions. I'll go and get ra uh, the raises. I'll go and get uh, different people that want to support me within that company or organization. I'll get notice, right? Recognition, um, which is how I got the, the MVP over here. I got this right MVP and I've only been with that company for six months. Right. So, this, you know, and this is from my manager cause I hit the numbers now. Um, and I got that. I, I think it wasn't my six month or my fit. I might've been like five months and I got that. 
But what I realized what I had to do was it wasn't about myself. I had to go in there and hit the numbers. They wanted me to hit certain numbers for email responses and stuff like that. So um, I, I, you know, I kind of dropped what I needed or I wanted and I started doing what the company wanted. But that's how you play to win. Um, that's how I knew I had to, you know, that's how I would win. So if I went in there and I, you know, hit what they wanted me to hit, not what I wanted to hit. Now, um, so that's work. I want to give you another one that's not related to work. Uh, I'm trying to think. Hockey was actually a pretty good one for me. Uh, you know, I don't play hockey anymore, but uh, yeah, I probably do hockey and BMX, but I'll do hockey because I had more of a history with hockey than I did with BMX. I kind of did BMX for, I think, three, I think like three or four years, and then I kind of dropped out just because I didn't, I didn't have anyone to, you know, no one really did it anymore, and it was kind of hard to find places around here that would accept bikes. So, um, hockey I did for a long time. I played hockey back when I was, I want to say maybe seven or eight. And I probably did it all the way up until 18, maybe close to 19. So I had, you know, I did that for a long time. It was like my favorite sport to, to physically go out and do. And, and it was mostly roller hockey. I didn't really play ice hockey. Did a couple of pickup games with ice hockey and, and roller skating. But um, roller, roller hockey was really my go-to uh, sport. But what I did with that is I played to win. So what I mean by that is uh, I was pretty good to the point where I could skate back, um, skate backwards really fast, and I'd play defense, but I'd also play offense. So when I played defense, when I was playing in these, uh, these younger leagues and so on and so forth, it, I'd play up like where I was playing offense. So we'd have four people on the, on the offensive line and one person on defense, but I was so fast on the skates that I could literally come back on defense really fast and stop the, the person that maybe had a break, you know, breakaway on the opposing team or, um, or, uh, someone that, or maybe the, the, the one defender needed help. So I had to get back in my post or my position. So I was really good to the point where I could do all that, but it, you know, I played to win half the time and I'd get pissed when we lost or like when people weren't playing as a team, uh, the biggest thing that frustrated me with uh, roller hockey was kids that thought they were always better than everyone else on the team. So even though I did consider myself pretty high up there in standards in hockey, right? Like I didn't, I didn't, I pictured myself if, if we were talking about a, uh, a scale from one to 10, 10 being the best, one being the worst, I probably was either an 8.5 or like a nine. I never really considered myself a pro, right? Cause I consider a pro being 10 and I always thought I always needed improvement, right? Like I, I like if I always had a scale, I never would say I'm always a 10 because no one's ever perfect. No one's ever a 10. Um, you probably, you could always use more improvement or you could always better yourself. So I never do a 10. I always, if I'm, if I think I'm really good, I, it's either like an 8.5 or a nine, right? It's like, it's like one below that perfect score. So in hockey, I was either an 8.5 or a nine. I consider myself. And, um, I hated the kids that thought they were so good that they were a 10 and they would, they would hog the puck. They wouldn't pass it to anyone. Even if it was like a, even it was even if it was a kid that wasn't good at skating and maybe was just hanging around the um, uh, the net, right? But it, maybe he was just hanging around the net and the the kid didn't want to pass it because he thought the kid was going to mess it up and he maybe had a better shot at taking the you know trying to geek out the goalie and score and maybe he did like some of these kids were really good but they came from ice hockey which was more aggressive and then they went to roller and rollers like you know no physical contact kind of sport. Um, there's no checking or anything like that. I mean, you could, 
Um, you know, obviously you've got to be a little bit aggressive to take the puck, but there's no checking or like smacking people in the face or tripping or, um, you know, doing anything crazy. And I always did that. I always try to pass it to that, that rookie player, the person, the kid that wasn't that good, maybe like could barely keep up was just at the net. The goalie's paying attention to me. And I do a little backhand pass, give it to that kid and he scores. Or maybe he messes up. You know, sometimes they, they, they would mess up, and you'd be like, ah, oh, right? Like, they didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't score, and they messed it up for an opportunity, right? But, I, you know, for me, it was always like I always knew, like, at, at one point in time, that was me, right? I always thought differently than I think most individuals, but I, I realized that that person, you know, that was me at one point in time. I didn't really know how to skate well. It took a while for me to get good at skating forward. Eventually, then I could go backwards, and then, you know, just work on it every single day and do drills. You're like, okay, like, let me try to switch fast and do like a hop switch and go backwards, right? So it's, um, you know, it's pro- it is really interesting, like, to, to look back at yourself. That's kind of what I, I do with these these topics. Because I normally kind of compare something that happened in my past. So it's kind of weird to really go back and really think about different things, um, to be fully honest with you. But um, those are probably two good examples that I can give you that uh, if you don't win, you're, you're a loser, right? But uh, hockey was definitely obviously if you're if you're not scoring goals if you're not ahead of the game you're you're losing the game you're there's no uh, both teams win and there's a tie it's only a winner and a loser so and then if uh, you know you do tie they tend to go into like a third quarter or a fourth quarter I'm sorry um, or uh, they end up going and doing a shootout so you know it's kind of one of those things where there there is a winner and there is a loser. But uh, so that's that topic. I think you know. I think I pretty much said everything I want on that topic. If you don't win, you're a loser. But um, the last thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, done deal investments, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. But uh, done deal investments is a company that I started. For anyone that doesn't know, by the way, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Done Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. This business, excuse me is designed to take a distressed seller, someone that financially really can't sustain their property and wants to just sell their property extremely fast for a quick cash offer and wants to wants to basically sell their property very fast, right, with an investor. So that's uh, that's basically like the main thing to that or to this business, done deal investments is that's the whole structure of the business is basically just taking that distressed seller and putting him on, on a deal with an investor that wants to take that um, financial responsibility and basically help that person out, flip it and sell and sell that, uh, that real estate. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some issues or problems that we can help, help you solve as a company. And from there, I'm going to go into the, the, the process basically of how Dundee investments will do that. And that's a, a system that I call the three steps to financial freedom, right? So that's uh, that's something that we'll get into after I go through the problems. But so things that we can help you out with will be pre-foreclosure. Uh, most people kind of know what that is. It's basically just you have a you have a loan on a property. Maybe you couldn't afford it at the time, so you take on a mortgage, you take on a loan, and you are behind on it. Right, and the bank technically owns that property until you pay off that mortgage or that loan, and you're behind on the payments. So, 
So what ends up happening is they have the right to basically repossess that property and, and basically take it. And that person lose all, loses all the money in that deal at the same time, they uh, now have to go find another property and they probably don't really have the cash to do that. And so they just lost all their money into that one property. Now, the other one would be if you have liens on the property, which normally comes from your city. Your city normally has, uh, normally has uh, I'm trying to think of what they call it, but uh, normally codes, right? They have these codes that you can violate where if your lawn's overgrown to a certain height, your roof is too dirty, um, garbage cans aren't in a certain place and, and the and the person that's driving by can see them just like little codes like coral springs has a lot of little codes that they really try to get you on but you know that's coral springs i don't you know broward county in general could be different different you know every city's different so those are liens now you could get them and let's say you get one one day it's 250 dollars, and every single every single day it stacks up more interest so it's something where it's something where if you don't take care of it right away, it stacks up with, with high interest and maybe you couldn't afford the 250 and now you really can't afford, you know, $1,500 in lien or fines, right, from, from the lien. That's something where Dundee Investments could help you out as well. Uh, another one would be job transfers. That one's pretty self-explanatory where you get better opportunities somewhere else. Could be a different city, could be a different state, maybe a, even a different country. And um, you just need to sell that house within the week uh, the person that's going to give you the job in a different, um, you know, in a different area basically wants you to come within the next week or two. And maybe you can't go through a real estate agent. Some of these real estate agents kind of take a long time and maybe you just don't have the time to really wait to sell that on the market. So that's one way Dundee Investments could help you. Uh, another one would be uh, divorce. Uh, I talk about divorce a lot just because... Uh, Took something away from that win. Nice, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that a lot, man. It made, it made my day, right? Um, I'll catch you around, man. Maybe get you on the show. Uh, I don't think I've talked to you in a while either. Um, but anyways, so that's uh, that's something. I lost my train of thought. Give me a sec. But um, yeah, so that's job transfers, right? I think it was job tra – oh, divorce. I'm sorry. So divorce – Right, and people kind of give me a lot of crap for the divorce, but um, you're you're living in a time where it's like a forty eight percent divorce rate, right? And a lot of these different, you know, obviously it depends on your state that you're in, but a lot of these states, um, they have a fifty fifty rule where uh, your spouse, the two of you, have to basically div uh, divide everything fifty fifty. That's in Florida. Um, that's where my business is located in the Broward County area for Florida. Um, it's a fifty fifty state. So you have to split everything. Now you obviously can't split everything. Uh, you can't split a property 50-50. You'd have to split the profits. That's where Dundee Investments would probably be better than going to a real estate agent. The real estate agent's going to take, you know, could take a month, maybe a month and a half. They then have to, um, they then have to do open house. It just takes them a long time. Then you have to split all this money. With Dundee Investments, we just basically sell it within the week. We split the profits 50-50 down the middle uh, between you and your spouse and you move on past the, you know, that's the the last thing you got to really do. The property is probably the hardest one in a divorce to really settle out. So that's where Dundee Investments would help you out uh, with that. Now, the last two that I can think of would be um, if you inherited a property. This one's not as common, but most of the time when you inherited the property, it's normally from a loved one that, you know, is elderly loved one that is kind of older 
the elderly kind of don't really take care of the property um, and you have a lot of maintenance within the property, you're probably not going to get full market value if you go to a real estate agent. So that's something where done deal investments, you just sell it to an investor really quick, fast cash offer. We sell it basically as is. You wouldn't have to do anything. And that and the investor would just sell it. Right? He would take the responsibility and pay you, and then we'd move on forward. Um, and that'd be a quick sell for you. Now, the last one is if you don't want to go through a real estate agent. Uh, most people think when they have to sell their property, they have to go through the real estate agent. Um, that market is saturated right now with a lot of different people that are qualified as a real estate agent. But the side effects of that would be you're going to wait you know, a decent amount of time, maybe a month, a month and a half rather than a week to sell it. Uh, there's no guaranteed buyer uh, because they're trying to do open houses. They don't really have – they're trying to basically put it on the MLS system and they're trying to get leads – but uh, with Done Deal Investments, we already have pre-qualified buyers that would actually buy your property. So, And if we don't, we'll actually make it our mission to go and find you someone quicker. So that's the big difference. Plus the commission side of it, a real estate agent is going to basically charge you, I think, on average 6% or more. Some of them are actually a lot more than 6%. I think 6% is like the average. But uh, what's up, Sean? But 6%... Obviously, is a lot uh, when you sell your property because they're working for a broker, right? So they have all these third parties they have to kind of pay in order to sell that property and 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 make a profit. Um, with Dundee Investments, we don't get we don't charge you a commission. The investor pays Dundee Investments the commission fee, uh, which is pretty awesome because you just get the cash offer that we offered you, and the investor pays Dundee Investments for a commission fee, which we call a finder's fee. So that's pretty interesting that most people don't know. Uh, most people actually, I you know, would assume, think Dundee Investments is a real estate company or a real estate agent, agency, um, which we're not. We're just an investor. We're an investing agency. So it's a, it's a big difference. Uh, definitely a real estate agent is going to do different things compared to what we're going to do with Dundee Investments LLC. So that's kind of interesting. Um, now, what I'm going to do is those are the, the problems that we can solve for you. I'm going to go into... There's three steps to financial freedom. So I call this the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact Dundee Investments. Uh, there should be no reason you can't uh, you know, reach out to us. We have our phone number, website, you know, on every social media platform. Um, the best way you could possibly do or email us, the best way you could possibly do it is by phone call. Now, if you call and I don't answer, it's going to be because I'm at work. I work a full-time job. So, And at that company, I can't answer the phone right away. Um, so leave a detailed message and I'll get back to you on a break, on a you know, lunch or right after work. Um, or maybe you know, whenever I'm off of work and I can use my phone, I'll give you a call back. The reason I prefer the phone is I got to ask you some very simple questions. I mean, we could do it over email or social media, but it's more personal as well over the phone. I, I just like the phone better, but you know, obviously it's your preference. Now, what I'm going to ask you is some quick questions on your property, the conditions, and your reason why you want to sell. So I have to understand the problem you're trying to get out of so we can basically help you solve it faster and basically solve it the proper way and, and make it good for you. So that's the first step. The second step would be we have to do a walkthrough of your property. We'd set up an appointment for myself to come to your property, do a walkthrough. We take five pictures inside and five pictures outside. And what I'm trying to do is collect the photos and I'm trying to walk around and see what's going on with the property. We need, you know, fix the roof. We need to fix um, the 
the driveway, we need to fix your pool, whatever a cost is to the investor, I have to jot it down. So um, when I actually go and find you an investor on the deal, I send them all this information. That's the big difference too, by the way, with, uh, with us compared to a real estate agent, they're gonna do open houses. So you're gonna have to take off from work, you're gonna have to go and do um, different things that are kind of a pain in the butt that most people kind of hate doing when they sell their property. And with us, we're doing everything virtually online. So we don't need to you know, do these open houses, we don't need to do any of that stuff. We're collecting all the data on a one-time walkthrough and we're going out and then we're gonna to try to go and find you a um, investor that wants to buy the deal, and a, a guaranteed investor that actually physically wants to buy it. So that's the second step. Now, the third and final step, this is the third step, would be we have to run comps on that neighborhood. So at this point, um, what I mean by running comps is I have to go and find what your, what your house's average worth is. So I just basically go and find three houses that are in your neighborhood, as close as, as I possibly can find to your property, and that's where I get the average price. Um, and from there, basically all I do is you got the average price up here, I minus whatever the investments, uh, the costs are to that investor, and then the bottom price is what we negotiate on. That's how I get that price that we negotiate on. From this point, we basically, uh, you know, you tell me the terms that you need, obviously we come to an agreement on the price, and from here, we just all sign the contract. So I make the contract with your terms, your price that we agreed upon, and you sign it for the, as the seller, I sign it for done deal investments, and then the investor signs it for uh, whatever company or whatever that investor is on the deal. So that's basically it. From here, basically all that happens is you get the cash offer. If you need any other resources, you need a home inspector, you need real estate agents, you need financing, whatever you need, it all comes to me, not the investor. So my job is to keep on helping you as much as I possibly can uh, through other parties or third parties that I have. Uh, real estate agents are probably the easiest ones to find. I know a bunch of them. I have a bunch of uh, contacts with real estate agents. Um, but anything else you need basically will come from Dundee Investments. You'll get out of your financial situation. Um, you know, Most of the time, the people are in pre-foreclosure, they have liens, or in some type of uh, financial conditions where it's gonna affect their credit that won't happen in this uh, example or this type of solution, you basically get out of your debt basically debt-free and you move on and, and go and find another property. Now, the investor is obviously going to try to flip it and do whatever he wants to it and make money and try to sell it on the market for full market value. Dundee Investments will obviously make a profit through the investor, like I said, through commission or a finder's fee. So all three parties win in the deal and at the same time, um, we help that, that seller, the person that really needs the, the financial help. Now, you could do this even if you're not in any type of financial situation, um, and we could still help you out. Uh, it's just a resource that I created to really try to help someone that really needed the resource because the only resource you really have in, in owning a property is the bank. The bank is not really going to help you uh, if you're financially struggling. They're just going to say, hey, we spotted you the cash. Um, it is what it is because they're going to win either way. Uh, let's say you, you know, you're kind of behind on the mortgage. They can repossess your house and they're going to win. They, they don't really care. Um, so there's not another resource. And that's why I created Dundee Investments LLC was to try to give you another resource for home buyers. Now, um, moving forward on that, you know, that's basically everything. That's a three-step process to financial freedom. I uh, went through the problems that we can help you solve. 
Um, let's say you didn't want to move out of the house. You wanted to stay in the house, but you wanted to get rid of the financial, the financial, uh, the, the actual financial burdens that you have within that property. I actually can refer you to someone else who I believe will buy your debt out. They'll rent the property to you until you basically pay off the debt. And then from there, they will, um, from there, they'll, they'll basically, you'll, you'll be able to stay on the property and you'll basically be able to kind of stay there. You don't have to sell it and move, right? So that's kind of interesting too. That's if you wanted to do that and you actually cared about staying in your property. Um, that's, uh, that's a big thing. So that's also what I can do for you. Uh, and what I want to really do with Dundee Investments real quick before we wrap this up is I really want to make it where it's a one-stop shop for um, home buyers and real estate investors. So that's really what I want to try to do. I want to try to bridge that gap between investors and um, sellers, right, or just property owners in general, give resources to investors as well as property owners, and really try to um, cut down the, the home buying process because, you know, right now it's, it's hard because you're going to go through a real estate agent, they're going to go, and then you have all these other third parties. So you go through a real estate agent and you go to a, a home investor, or a, I'm sorry, home inspector, they inspect it, they go, okay, it's good, now you got to go through financing, normally you go through a bank or some type of uh, financial, um, financial loan through, uh, you know, most of the time it's a bank, uh, which they call a mortgage, but or you can go through other financial institutions, but you got to finance it somehow. Most people don't have, you know, just 300 grand laying around where they can just buy a property. So that's kind of what I want to add on with done deal investments down the road. I really want to be able to do home inspections, have my own real estate agency team, have financing for you, have different things where I could just basically give it to you. And instead of you going to this party, to this party, to this party, it's all straight down the line. And it helps, it helps you with the buying, the home buying process where everything is, is gradually down the line with Dundee, under one company, Dundee Investments LLC. So that's really what I want to do. Um, that's, you know, that's my dreams, my hopes and my goals to really get it to that point. Uh, right now, you know, I'm just doing the, the real estate side of it where it's basically just taking the distressed seller, matching with the investor and from there, you know, helping out that distressed seller. So that's really what I'm doing right now. Uh, that's all I'm really qualified to do right now. Working on uh, some real estate stuff that I'm going to add on eventually, and and you know I'm working hard. So we'll see what happens with all that. You know, it's some goals that I write down for Dundee Investments, but that's really what I want to get Dundee Investments to. That's basically it for this show. Uh, before we leave, before I wrap this up, um, I always try to go on the board and kind of you know go over some of this stuff. So we have uh, goals and updates. Uh, this is our Podbean platform, which I still have to work on a bunch of different things with it. But um, if you want to listen to old episodes, I believe I've up to 18 episodes, maybe tonight or tomorrow morning, I'll have about 21 or 22 episodes up and running. But you can go all the way back to episode one to about 18, I think right now. And you can go to goalsandupdates.podbean.com. That site is uh, our hosting site for uh, the MP3 audio formats, and you can listen to it in your car. You can download the app on your phone. You can go to the website, and you can listen to us for free, and you can listen to the old episodes. Now, the last thing that's on here is uh, Patreon support. That's patreon.com slash goals and updates. And we, right now, we just have a dollar membership. So 
that's basically if you just want to, you know, I do all this stuff for free. I try to give you as much free content as I possibly can. And if you want to be a supporter for less than a cup of coffee uh, every single month and just donate a dollar, you know, that's, that, that's cool with me, right? Um, that's if you want. But, you know, I do a lot of this stuff for free. I don't make any profit off this, uh, you know, at least with goals and updates. I make nothing, and I, and I try to do, you know, the best I can with trying to basically be a, a one-person machine out here on goals and updates. So I do all the audio equipment. I basically upload all the videos. I update everything on the Podbean platform, the memberships, everything. So um, right now, you know, I don't really have uh, I don't really have a staff. So the one dollar definitely helps out, even though you probably think it's just a dollar. But you know, anything helps at this point. So that's if you want to donate to goals and updates. That's a one dollar membership. Now eventually, I'll have five and a ten dollar membership, and I want to get merchandise so that way I can send it out to people and and do like a mailing list. But right now, all I have is a dollar membership. I don't. I gotta figure out all that side stuff still. So that's uh that's that. So this has been episode 110 of Goals and Updates. We're aiming for 200 episodes, and I think that's basically it. So episode 110 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.